Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Now, 104.5 The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer at 104.5thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. And here we go. Straight up 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. Glad to have you with us. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. You can call us. 615-737-1045 is a way to chime in. I tell you the mission of this program is not to waste your time. I've got an hour, so let's get to it. Last night, ESPN ran its latest 30 for 30, 42 to 1. Telling the story of Buster Douglas's upset win over Mike Tyson at the Tokyo Dome in 1990. To call that an upset is vastly understating it. For context's sake, the Miracle on Ice was a 3-1 bet. Leicester City in soccer, that was huge. But in terms of events that had our attention long before it happened, nothing touches Iron Mike going down to James Buster Douglas in the 10th round. If you read my work at 1045thezone.com's Big Six blog, where I'm the editor-in-chief, you can find that. Bookmark it, if you would, if you'd like to bless me with that, at 1045thezone.com slash Big Six blog. I reviewed it before it aired. I got a chance to watch it a couple of days ago, and it was fine. It was pretty good, pretty paint-by-numbers for a 30-for-30. And one of the reasons why is because it wasn't some just hardship story. Yes, Bill Douglas was tough to deal with as a father, and there was some estrangement there. He was fired as, you know, his trainer and all of that. But but Buster Douglas didn't have all of the hardships that sometimes make a great 30 for 30. You're just not going to get OJ made in America on a regular basis. You're not going to get the two Escobars or some of those. But that's a good problem to have. It was still good, and it was nice to go relive that. And seeing a couple of snippets of some Tyson fights reminds you of just what a cold-blooded killer that guy was in the ring. But as a 30 for 30, it was a decent hour that you can forget. And then they ran the fight in its entirety afterwards, which was a smart move and was well worth seeing. But tonight, even though Vandy's got a new AD, Tennessee still hasn't announced an offensive coordinator. And on Friday, we're going to talk plenty about the Tennessee Titans. We'll get you set for the Giants game. We'll tell you about just how important it is and break down the playoff scenarios and all that. But tonight I want to talk to you about scripts. One of the reasons that this job here at 104.5 The Zone provided the perfect fit for me is because it enabled me to marry two things that I've spent much of my life consuming, sports and pop culture. I get to talk about them. I get to write about them for a living. In TV and film, scripts are everything. And in fact, even in news programming, scripts are everything. Like, sure, there's Robert Zemeckis writing Back to the Future, or Bob Gale, rather, writing Back to the Future. 
and there are you know Scorsese films out there, and there's Chris Nolan's Dark Knight, and there's so many wonderful movies out there, and so many wonderful movie scripts. Or there's David Mamet's Glengarry Glen Ross, which ends up on the big screen after a successful Broadway run. But even in news programming, scripts are everything. Even on debate shows, scripts are everything. Stephen A. and Max, or the guys on Around the Horn, or Skip and Shannon, or whatever it is that you watch, if you watch any of that stuff, there is no debate without disagreement. So before many of these shows through the years, the producers sit down and they make decisions about who's going to say this and who's going to say that and who's going to disagree and who's going to agree. Which one of you is going to say Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever? Which one of you is going to say it's Tom Brady? Which one of you is going with LeBron? Which one's going with Michael Jordan? That's your take today. Reality TV is about as unrealistic as it gets because at least the scripted stuff, the fake stuff, tells you it's fake. I've many times mentioned on Squared Circle Radio, the Sunday pro wrestling show I do with my good friends David Reed and Brandon Hagney, that when I worked on the independent wrestling scene in Georgia in the last decade, we had survivor bookers in there. We had Amazing Race bookers in there. We had Jerry Springer bookers in there because they knew what we knew. Liars make good actors because they act for a living. Pro wrestling is a business that's built on deception. The better liar you are, the better you're able to make your character seem real in front of that audience, even with the limitations of the script writers, the better pro wrestler you're going to be. So a business built on deception then, that's perfect for these reality shows where it's supposed to look real even though a lot of the times it's not. So what I want to tell you about tonight is the coolest thing in the world. And that's what sports does best. And it's exemplified in things like Douglas over Tyson or the U.S. over the Soviet Union or recently Loyola of Chicago reaching the Final Four. The essence of life what makes it worth living is when things go off script. What I found, and sometimes I have to remind myself of this when things are not going according to plan, is that I am not really the author of my own script. I might be the prime character in it, but I'm not the director. There's somebody else that's, a, that's the director that's in control. Whenever I try to play director, everything goes wrong. I want this. I want it desperately, but it has not happened. Even though my timeline says it should be now, something still hasn't hit. The switch hasn't flipped. The right pieces are in place. Everything looks right, but apparently it's not time to complete that puzzle just yet. It's out of my hands. I've got no move to make. I have to wait, and there are no guarantees even if I do wait. It's frustrating many times in our lives, but in sports, it's often magical unless you're a fan of the script. If everything went according to plan, there would be no reason to watch, folks. But because Mike Tyson can get beat, because Holly Holm exists against Ronda Rousey, because the Warriors might lose to the Cavaliers as they did a few seasons ago, or because Bill Belichick somehow might fall victim to the Philly special, now we got something. The script says this about the Titans in 2018. Obviously, they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills. They're better than the Dolphins, and they're going to destroy the Jets. 
Well, funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Bills 13-12. Dolphins win in that rain-soaked seven-plus-hour opener. And the Titans escape by four over Josh McCown. What else does the script for the Titans say? Eagles are going to beat you. They're the Super Bowl champs. New England's going to boat race you because they're, well, because they're New England. Again, those two didn't go according to plan either. Now the Titans are seven and six, and the script, you might as well just throw it out right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen Sunday in New York. Washington looks to be a win, but so did Buffalo. And then here comes Andrew Luck. What would the script say about Vols football today? They probably have an offensive coordinator. It would be a recognizable name to fire up the fan base. Right now, not only is the name not recognizable, it's non-existent. Scripts enable you to write, and you can write in twists, and you can write in turns and swerves, bro. But the world of sports provides that without us having to come up with it ourselves. Upsets and surprises come from everywhere. We don't need an M. Night Shyamalan in sports. The games themselves, those people gifted enough, blessed enough to play them, make it so. That's why college football to me is so much better than the NFL because the younger you are, the less assured I am that you're not going to go full numbskull and screw something up. Unpredictability makes it so much more fun to watch. So 42 to 1 had me on this line of thinking. And sometimes, like I said on Friday, sometimes I want to bloviate and you can listen to me. Sometimes I want to listen to you. Tonight, I want to sit back and talk to you guys. I want to hear from you. I'm so thankful I'm so very grateful and so very blessed that you choose me for your drive home or for your podcast time or whatever it is that it might be. Never think for a second, I don't realize I'm not here without you. You're the essence of everything I do, everything we do here at The Zone. So what it has me thinking about tonight are surprises, are upsets, are unexpected moments through sports that have helped to make this so fun and so entertaining for you guys. A few months back, I did a show asking you why you love sports. It happened right after the Brett Kavanaugh hearings and some ugly off-field stories, the Urban Meyer stuff, for example, and I was just so tired of all the negativity that was all over radio and TV, which, by the way, I was a huge part of because it's my job to have opinions, and I often do have very big opinions, but sometimes I can get caught down in the mire as well. I just wanted a night where we could smile and enjoy some of the escapes that sports provide us. And this being the holiday season, I think sometimes this time of year we're so wrapped up and didn't really mean to go pun there, but we're so wrapped up in the schedules and in the responsibilities and in the trip planning and in the meal planning and in those that are headed in from out of town and where we're headed and all it is that we have to do before Christmas gets here that we can't ever stop for half a second and just appreciate not just what we have, but the opportunity that we have here to enjoy and live an unscripted life. So my question to you tonight is simple. What is your personal story where you couldn't believe what you just saw, to borrow a phrase? What surprises What moments of awe and holy cow, how did that even happen? What moments like that stick in your mind as if they happened just last night in prime time? What times when the script was thrown away 
and sports went full on sports, mesmerized you or transfixed you. I got a few, and on the other side of this break, I'll give them to you. But I want to spend much of tonight's Big Six listening to you and sharing once again in the joy, the positive side of sports. So you can tweet me at jmartzone. Some are already doing that, but you can also call. I would love to hear from you tonight. 615-737-1045. 737-1045. I feel like so many of you would have different answers to this question coming from different backgrounds, watching different moments through time that shocked you to your core in sports. So let's have a discussion tonight. Friday, we'll talk Titans-Giants. Maybe UT's going to have an OC. Probably not. But we'll do more of the standard stuff on Friday. Tonight, let's do some thinking. Let's do a little reminiscing. And in the mold of Buster Douglas getting the better of Mike Tyson back 18 years ago, or 28 years ago, rather, man, it's been a long time. Let's remember some times when sports knocked us out in the 10th round. This is going to be fun. Biggest surprises you remember in sports and what they meant to you then and what they may still mean to you now. 615-737-1045. We'll be right back. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. The Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Little Kurt Vile and Kurt, Courtney Barnett bringing us back. Tonight we're talking about big surprises you remember watching sports. Kind of came to me after watching 42-1 to 1 this week. The ESPN 30 for 30 telling the story of Buster Douglas and those being the odds in that fight that started at 27-1. to 1, Nobody bet on the underdog. 32-1, to 1, still not enough. 37-1, to 1, still not enough. 42-1 to 1, brought a few bets in. But it also brought some bets in on Tyson. There was a guy that bet $160,000 on Tyson just to win four. And, of course, he lost the one hundred and sixty. But it got me to thinking about why we love sports. And one of the main reasons is because it's unpredictable and because the script, you know, the actors don't always follow the script. We see some guys go into business for themselves and win when they shouldn't win and lose when they shouldn't lose. And it's going off script that makes sports big. And I've got a list of my own surprises, but I want to talk to you guys. 615-737-1045. 737-1045. Off script moments, surprises, stunners that you remember that feel like they just happened. You remember where you were. Things that make you love sports. Things that stick with you. Let's go to Tyler in Portland. He's up first tonight on the Big Six. Tyler, what's up? Man, what's up, guys? Doing good. Good. Man, my moment, I'll never forget it. I was around six years old, man, at the house we were living at at the time. You know, grew up a Titans fan my whole life. And uh, me and my dad were sitting in the living room uh, when the Music City uh, miracle happened. And my mom was actually in her bedroom doing homework for college. And, man, we just started yelling and screaming. And my mom came running out. She's like, what happened? What happened? Like, we just won. We just won. And, you know, and then we, you know, did the whole thing with the review and and whatnot. So that was one moment for me that really stuck out, you know, through my childhood and whatnot. And then plus that 99-yard run from Henry um, this past week, you know, that's another one that I got to witness. So 
No, that's good, Tyler. We appreciate it. I imagine a lot of people will say that. In fact, I think we got one more. We'll go ahead and take that one. Uh, Eric in Nashville, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, uh, man. Uh, yeah, mine's the same thing. Yeah. That Music City Miracle uh, back in 99. I was a 20-year-old college student. And, you know, just uh, in the living room, my pops as well. And my pops is a preacher, and he's a real reserved guy. And I just remember, you know, us thinking we're about to lose the game. And they do that Music City throwback run and Dyson going down the sideline. And I'm hollering. My pops is hollering. And we just, I mean, it still gives me goosebumps to this day every time, you know, the news replays it or it's on ESPN or somewhat. So that always stands out in my mind. It's just one of the best things. And it made me become a true football fan, too, because I'm a basketball guy, but that right there made me fall in love with the Titans all over. No doubt. And that's a moment where, look, you fell in love with the Titans at that moment. Basketball fan, but football hooked you then. The Titans hooked you then. And that's what we're talking about. Off script, surprises, stunners, shockers, things you didn't see coming. That's why we love this. That's why I am lucky enough to be able to sit behind a microphone and make a living doing it. Because there is relentless interest in the unpredictable especially when something seems like it's going to happen and does not. Spencer in Nashville up next. Spencer, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. I want to talk about, uh, I'm a Saints fan. I want to talk about Tracy Porter's pick on Peyton Manning in the Mm. Super Bowl. That was like one of the best moments of my life. You know, I was sitting there with my dad and watching watching the game and also the onside kick in that game, too. Um, I'll never forget those moments. Those those are great moments. Hopefully, I'll have some more this playoff season to remember. Well, because of the uh, Rams going off script and losing to the Bears, you might actually get that chance. Because I think if it goes yeah. through, if it goes through your building, ain't nobody beating the Saints in the Superdome. If they have to travel, we'll see. But nobody's going to beat them in New Orleans. Do that, baby! Number one seed. All right, Spencer, we appreciate it. 615-737-1045. Biggest surprises you can remember. What they meant to you when it comes to sports. And I'll throw in some of mine as well, but calls are rolling through, kind of like I expected that they might, so we'll just continue talking to you. Kevin in the borough joins us next. Kevin, what say you this evening? Hey, sir, how you doing? Good. Oh, the greatest greatest fight I've ever seen. You remember a night, well, you may not remember, but in 1977, Leon Spinks whooped Ali. He looked old. Uh, he looked tired. The speed was gone. The reflexes were gone. Nobody gave him a chance at the second fight. Ali came out the second fight, and he took the title back. First first person to win back the title at three times, he beat Spinks. Spinks was the younger man, the stronger man, Olympic champion. Ali would, oh, But Ali came back the second fight, and he took it to him. Stood up in between rounds. He, just, he looked like Ali was still motivated. Yeah. And Kev- it was just a beautiful fight. Yeah, Kevin, um... I miss, and I, you know, I was not born yet. I was born in 78, so I, I wasn't old enough to have appreciated that. But one other thing that 42 to 1 reminded me is how cool boxing used to be. And I really miss. Yeah, oh, so true. We just, we don't have that anymore. Like, there's, there's the Triple G's and Alvarez. I mean, there's a couple fights here and there, but there's nothing like the stuff that we were growing up on. Oh, absolutely. Back then, the whole fight could change up at just one punch. Foreman coming back as an old man and beating Schultz, winning the title back. Nobody gave him a chance, but he did it. He did. You're absolutely right. We appreciate it. Have a good evening. 615-737-1045. Big surprises in sports or in sports entertainment, I think, as we have Daniel joining us next. Daniel, how are you? Doing great, brother. Good, man. What you got for me? Uh, my biggest match I remember in wrestling is actually Edge and Matt. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, I mean, they, they played a script for a while based around Lita when she and Matt separated. And then one night, Matt just broke script, jumped out of the crowd, turned around and started, I mean, just beating on Edge during a random match. And uh, pretty much told the WWF, WWE, you know, screw them. I'll never forgive any of y'all, but it was just a, a moment where you could tell, like, he completely broke script. They ended up firing him. And it was just crazy, you know. It just yeah. planned out to be a script, and then it wasn't. No, no doubt. I mean, got a real-life romance where looked like there was going to be a marriage, and then there was a betrayal, and I guess you could call it an affair, and uh, what was on script leaked off the script is kind of how that ended up going down. It was definitely a fascinating time. Doug in Nashville is up next. Doug, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, Good evening. Hey, I just wanted to share one of my favorite stories. Sure. I think I was around 14, uh, big UNC Tar Heel basketball fan. I was three when they won the championship in 82, so I don't remember much about that. Right. But, uh, the, the Weber timeout was mm-hmm. just uh, unbelievable to me, and really the whole play from the, the walk that happened at the front end of the court into the actual timeout. And, you know, Dean Smith, you know, as great as he was, he was pretty known for not underperforming when it, when it counted in the, in the tournament. And so, you know, when, when, uh, Weber had that ball, you know, you just knew that Michigan was going to score and obviously worked differently. So. Yeah, no, that was incredible. That game was astonishing. That whole final four was really good. Now the North Carolina game wasn't that good, but if you remember in the final four that year, the fab five as sophomores before Weber went to the NBA, there was a Michigan-Kentucky game in the Final Four that Michigan ended up winning that was just a spectacular basketball game. Uh, you should go try to find that if you can. I think that a lot of these games are now available on YouTube in their entirety. That was a tremendous game, and I will never forget, as amazing as the timeout itself was, the walk and Billy Packer's call of the travel. Just when he's like, oh, he walked, and they didn't call it. And at the moment, you didn't even see it. Then you could tell so obviously that, yes, he did, in fact, travel, and I think he was so stunned that he didn't travel that his brain kind of shut down on him. Plus, he had an assistant coach on the sidelines telling him to call a timeout. That was definitely a moment that was off script. No question about that. Bell in Nashville's up next. Bell, how are you? Hey, uh, I'm going to try to get through this one kind of quick here. Uh, sure. Back when I shortly got out of high school, um, me and a buddy where we were working, uh, the vice president of the company was a Tennessee alumni. Mm-hmm. And he asked us if we'd like to go to a game and gave us tickets. And we're like, yeah, sure. We jumped all over it. Well, as the season progressed, uh, the tickets we had to were in 1998 to uh, Tennessee and Arkansas. And he comes back to us later on in the year uh, during that season and says, hey, he wanted to get those tickets back. And we were like, no, man, we, we ain't giving these things up. Obviously, those two teams were 8-0 and and uh, – on their way to a uh, SEC or national championship in the first BCS. Well, we get the tickets, and we go to the game. And at halftime, I think it was 21, and uh, it was raining. And we kind of sat there looking at each other thinking, man, this is this sucks. This is terrible. And uh, when the second half came around, Tennessee clawed and fought back. And... Um, when that, when that ball hit the ground, when Sterner dropped the ball, uh, you wouldn't believe how quiet that place got. Because uh, 
we we were trying to talk to each other early in the game, and you couldn't hear each other. I've never been in a place that loud. We we literally had to scream at each other. But when that ball hit the ground, the Sterner fumbled it, and uh, that place you could hear a pin drop. Mm. And uh, that one right there, the, the 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 flow of emotions from how we felt at halftime to how we felt when Tennessee clawed back, and then uh, they went and lost the ball back to Arkansas. We went back down into the tank again. And then for that ball to hit the ground like that, we, we would never imagine that would have happened. Of course, they went on to win a national championship. Right. But uh, the flow of emotions there, the unscripted drama that you're talking about, that was a big one uh, for us. Oh, that's that's awesome, and that that's exactly what I wanted to hear. I knew people would be coming from different backgrounds with different answers. 615-737-1045. Biggest surprises you can remember. Biggest stunners. One of the reasons we love sports is because it goes off script so often from what we think that it's going to be. The Tennessee Titans season this year has been an example of being completely off script. We might as well throw it out now. What's supposed to happen may well not. Aaron, Scotty, Chris, Mike, Corey, stay with us. Got to take our break. We'll come back. I'll get all of you in in this next segment. Plus, I'll give you some of my own. Stick around. It's the Big Six. Not a surprise here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back, Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Radiohead, the trickster. Sports does trick us from time to time. We think we know things, and then games are played. They're not played on paper. We've seen that so many times. A couple of tweets, then we'll get back to your phone calls. Gator Mike says he couldn't call, and this is one of the ones that I written down for myself was App State and Michigan. And a couple of other people tweeted me the exact same thing. You realize that that was back in 2007? It's been 11 years since that upset. You want to feel even older? I was thinking about the perfect Patriots getting beaten by the Giants in the Super Bowl. David Tyree, that ridiculous helmet catch. Eli winning that ring, beating Tom Brady, that Randy Moss team. That was 10 years ago. That was 2008. It does not feel that long. Time does fly. And that's why we're talking about things that we enjoy during that time frame. Sometimes we get so caught up in the negative that we don't stop and just remember things that were positive, surprises, things that we'll never forget. And sports gives us those kind of memories. And in honor of 42 to 1, the 30 for 30 that ran last night, we're talking about some of those with you tonight. Aaron in Nashville, thanks for waiting. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. Good. Um, yeah, a little pre-story before this, uh, I grew up in Mississippi, so I had no NFL team, Mm -hmm. you know, to root for. Um, By default, I was a Braves fan when it comes to baseball, but when I was younger, I guess I was born in 77, so when I started, you know, watching football, as kids are, you look at offense and what, you know, entertains you were touchdowns, and one of my favorite players was Barry Sanders, and I enjoyed very much watching him. I remember Thanksgiving because they played on Thanksgiving Day. But the biggest surprise I ever had was in 1999 when he decided he was going to hang it up. And probably about five games away from breaking the all-time rushing record. And, (laughs) you know, I just couldn't understand it. I didn't know... Why, I mean, the last thing I saw him doing was like a lottery commercial or something, but 
you know, uh, just kind of out of the blue, Barry Sanders says, you know, I'm done. No injuries, no issues the season before, you know, no even thought that it was going to happen. And then he just announces he's going to retire. And that was probably the biggest surprise or kind of out of left field thing as far as a sports moment goes that happened to me. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And appreciate the phone call. I mean, Sanders, we talk about sports being fun. Apparently it was not fun to play for the Detroit Lions. Actually, I think that's probably one that makes sense. we got a couple of people that have this answer. We're going to go to Corey on a cell phone, and this is one I'll never forget. I absolutely love this entire event. This entire series was just a, a plethora of ups and downs. Corey, what's up? Not too much, J-Mart. Um, and I've, I've actually got one in addition to okay. this as well. But uh, I'm... I grew up loving baseball, and I grew up a Braves fan, just like the previous caller. Yep. But my biggest memories were from the early 2000s, and watching the Yankees absolutely disgusted me. And seeing them win three straight World Series from 98 to 2000, yep. I came into the 2001 World Series betting heavily, you know, or you know, whatnot, that the the Diamondbacks would pull it off, and the Luis Gonzalez uh, walk-off single uh, at the end of the game against Mariona Rivera uh, to win it for Arizona, an expansion team, just absolutely made me super ecstatic. The other one is um, the Red Sox coming back down 3 nothing against the Yankees uh, in 2004 in the ALCS, and specifically Game 6 when Curt Schilling pitched with the, the bloody sock. Right. Yeah, no, those are, those are really good. The D-backs Yankee series was so good. I remember Randy Johnson in game six of that series that ended up getting it to a seventh game. There were ebbs and flows that were big. I remember Scott Brocious hit a home run to win one for the Yankees during that series. It was absolutely incredible, and I was the same way. I'm a Braves fan, too, and the first thing that I wrote down that surprised me that I remember so well is Sid Bream making it to the plate back in 92 in Game 7 in the NLCS that beat the Pittsburgh Pirates on the Francisco Cabrera hit. And the reason it stands out so much is because it was on late. I should have been asleep. Parents didn't let me stay up to watch it, but I happened to have a radio in my room, so I turned it on and I listened to it and I went crazy. And then I just kind of broke kayfabe and went into the living room and was just like, can you believe that just happened? And yeah, they weren't thrilled that I was awake, but... Dad was a big Braves fan as well, and he had seen it, and I didn't get punished for it. It was just I couldn't even stop myself. I forgot about the fact that I was supposed to be asleep and that I was kind of cheating and in secret trying to listen to this game. But that's why we love sports. Stuff like that. Chris in Nashville. Chris, what is up? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Hey, uh, the the '05 Illinois team. Um, I grew up in Illinois. Um, you know, we started out undefeated, got beat on a buzzer beater shot by Ohio State to, to end the perfect season. Um, and then you had that Elite Eight game, Illinois versus Arizona. Um, it was kind of funny because my dad was burning brush that day and actually caught a telephone pole on fire that knocked the cable out in the whole neighborhood. Wow. And we thought we were going to have pitchforks coming to our house because <laughs> Illinois was about to play for the Final Four. And luckily it got back on before the game, and then they had that crazy comeback. Um, with Darren Williams hitting threes, I think we were down 16 with four minutes left um, for the birth of the Final Four. And, you know, you had Luther Head and D. Brown and Darren Williams. That was a great um, and team. And that one was 
that was just, you know, one of the most unbelievable comebacks and being a fan of Illinois, you know, made it all that much sweeter. Um, you know, and then as a runner up being a Murray state graduate, um, De Niro Thomas hitting a three pointer or a, a shot to beat Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament, um, would definitely be my runner up. So no, that's, that's, those are good. And you know, the NCAA tournament is a prime example of why this topic made sense to do, especially after 42 to one last night. The NCAA tournament is so popular because it's so unpredictable and it's so hard to get a perfect bracket or anywhere even close to a perfect bracket. Ultimately, we still want the Blue Bloods in the Final Four. We might not want to admit that, but we actually want to see Duke and we want to see these big-name programs in the Final Four playing against each other. But in these first weekends, it's the upset. That's why we watch the round of 64 or the round of 32. Even in the Sweet 16, we don't mind a couple of upsets as well. That The, the phenomenon of the NCAA tournament makes this case better than I ever could as to why sports thrives, doesn't just exist, but thrives, subsists on the element of surprise, on taking that script and wadding it up and throwing it in the nearest wastebasket. 615-737-1045. We'll continue with your calls. Eddie, Josh, Bernard, Aaron, hang with us. One more segment to go. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Youth bringing us home tonight. The Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Following us, Global Golf Radio, Neb Michaels and Barney Allery. And we're talking about surprises in sports in the wake of the 42 to 1, 30 for 30, maybe even the Derrick Henry performance the other night. There's so many crazy things that happen in sports that we don't see coming when the script gets thrown away. And it's one of the reasons we love sports and thinking about Global Golf Radio. There's been a ton in golf. Larry Mize and what he was able to do at the Masters. I remember seeing that shot on a year-end CBS special. I was too young to really be paying attention to the Masters at the time, but I'll never forget that shot because I watched it on that highlight reel over and over again. Phil Mickelson going off the hospitality tent at Wingfoot, cost himself the U.S. Open. Y.E. Yang beating Tiger, leading to maybe the biggest surprise of all, Tiger and Ewan Nordegren on Thanksgiving that same year. And then, of course, there's stuff like Jean Vandeveld, what happened to the British Open, or Greg Norman collapsing and letting Nick Faldo catch him and beat him at the Masters. Golf is right for it because the sport it has such a crazy margin for error or lack thereof that the pressure involved leads to you should never believe anything is going to happen in golf. That's one of the reasons I love watching pro golf so very much. Because of its unpredictable nature. It might be the most unpredictable we can see. That's why Tiger and his dominance is so timeless. Because you just don't see it. Even the greatest, the Jordan Spieth and guys like that, this guy's going to be the next Tiger Woods. Never is. Because golf is just a painful, painful mistress. Bernard in Nashville. Bernard, how are you? Hey, doing good, Jason. Good. So, uh, so I, I'm a huge college hoop junkie. Um, so about... 13 years ago, uh, in the spring of 2005, I uh, went out to Vegas, met uh, with an old college roommate for the opening round of the NCAA tournament. And uh, we do try to do it almost every year, get together and watch the games. But um, that that March, I had made a, a bet with him that at some point within the next 20 years, the 16 seed would knock off the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So every year when the brackets get announced, I'm looking, I'm, I'm trying to find, you know, a situation where a 16 seed might be underseeded or it's a good matchup. And, and, and last year when the brackets came out, I, I, I was a little bit giddy because the matchup actually with Kansas and Penn, I thought was going to be the time that it was going to happen. Um, Penn, like, Penn was like number one in the country at three points. Defensive percentage, they were way underseeded. It should have been at least maybe a 14th seed. So I'm calling my buddy saying, hey, this, this is going to happen. So, so we're in Vegas last, last March and, uh, we're sitting down. I actually ordered a Penn sweatshirt to watch that game. I was like, I was calling my shot, telling everybody it's going to happen. Well, it didn't happen. Kansas, Kansas beat them. So I'm kind of dejected. Well, the next day, uh, UMBC pulls an upset on Virginia. Yeah. Um, so, so that, I mean, to me as a college hoops junkie, um, I mean, that, that, that was the best, the best thing I, I had ever sat through. And it did come as a surprise because I thought it was actually going to happen the day earlier. Um, but for me, that was it, man. I, that nothing, nothing, nothing was better than that. Yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal. You almost forget about it, and it happened this year. <laughs> Sports is so constant, so perpetual. It happens all the time. Sometimes you just forget. I mean, that UMBC thing, we may never see that again in our lifetime. It's it's very possible we don't ever see that game in a lifetime. He's talking about Penn and Kansas. Penn beat Villanova last night. Eddie in Nashville. Eddie, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. It's great to hear you guys. I haven't listened or talked to you guys in two years. Uh, I moved away, but I got two memorable sports sure. that, uh, games that I was at. 1983, when Auburn came to town with Bo Jackson, Tennessee put the smack down on him, and he actually left the game early. And then in 1985, when no one thought that Tennessee could beat Miami, and we put the smack down on them also. And it's great to hear your voice and love this show, and I miss it. I'll talk to you later. I appreciate that, Eddie. Take care of yourself. Great answer. Scott Moffitt tweets me, says, The one I remember was when I was eight. First specific football game I remember, I was a huge Jets and Joe Namath fan. I remember hanging in every play. I also remember my second-grade teacher calling class and breaking out a radio for the Mets Orioles. I have a story about sports and education as well. When Duke beat Michigan, when the Fab Five were freshmen that year, won the national championship, my language arts class the next day consisted of us sitting there and watching that game again on tape. I, maybe she just didn't want to teach that day, but we watched the national championship game again, and it was not a close game at all. Josh and McVen- McMenville joins us next. Josh, what say you? Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to say this. You know, I'm a lifelong Alabama fan, mm-hmm. and growing up in Tennessee, we took a lot of a lot of bad years there. In 2005, we started off 9-0, and and the player I'm going to talk about is Tyrone Profit. Oh, I know where you're going here. That catch that he made, I will never forget that the rest of my life. And we, we've had an embarrassment of riches as Alabama fans. But growing up an Alabama fan, that was the most excited I've been about a season since 1992 when we won a national championship. And then to have him have that injury that he had was – devastating yeah but still i mean it worked out for him in the end he, he went on you know to have a career in, you know uh physical training working in alabama and stuff but that was an amazing catch it was and sometimes the surprises can come from just one moment that was 2005 bama ends up beating southern miss 30 to 21 that catch if you have not seen it stop what you're doing and go to youtube and find it because it's absolutely just breathtaking. Your jaw will hit the floor. Ronnie in Nashville is next. Ronnie, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. What you doing got? your show. Thank you. Well, in 1960, I was a seven-year-old kid 
in Nashville. And uh, we didn't get to watch much baseball here except the Yankees, you know. And so the Yankees was everybody's team. Well, I wasn't a Yankee fan. But I remember the 1960 World Series that played Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was supposed to be just a walk away because nobody competed with Maris and Manuel and Yogi and Whitey and none of them guys, you know, and they were supposed to beat Pittsburgh. And most memorable moment in my life was when uh, Bill Mazeroski got up in the final game of the World Series and takes that pitch over the wall and beats the Yankees. And uh, I think Sports Illustrated said it was like number eight of their all-time list of exciting things in sports but but i still uh still get excited about that remember it as a kid you know loved baseball and just couldn't just couldn't forget that and uh got the pleasure of meeting mr mazeroski mm. years later and got to actually sit and talk to him about that which uh sure he didn't want to talk to me about it but he did he was a very nice guy but i remember that and to me, it's still the most exciting thing, though the music series the Miracles, a close second. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the most exciting thing I ever saw in sports. And I think probably because I was young, but uh, it was just sports was our life, and that was just a big event. No. A, great, a great ending. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Ronnie, that was 58 years ago, and you still remember it. You're still that passionate about it. That's why I wanted to do this tonight, because it shows the power the magnitude of sports. It is the world's greatest escape. It is the world's greatest entertainment. 58 years still speaking about it. You just forget so many of these things, and then they just come right back to you. It's it's just absolutely incredible. Jeremy in Cookville. Jeremy, how are you tonight? Good, Jason. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So I... uh four year, or In 2013, I went to the Colts-Chiefs game in Indianapolis as a wild card game. I was a big Colts fan, and um, they came back from down 28 points at the half. Mm-hmm. And then I gave up my Colts fandom because, for one, I didn't really like the owner, and my identical twin brother is a Titans fan, and so I live in Tennessee, so I was like, no, yeah, come Titans fan. We went to the Chiefs-Titans game last year in the playoffs, and we won, came back from down 21 points. So goes to show that I don't need to see the Chiefs in the playoffs because they will lose. No, that's, that's absolutely true. That's hilarious as well. Let's get one more in here. Dale in Nashville's next. Dale, what's up? Hey there. Uh, back when uh, Tim Tebow was out there with the Broncos, mm-hmm. there was about a seven-game stretch there where one game piled up onto another where they had these wins, and people were joking about you know divine things taking place because clearly not the most skilled quarterback, but they kept finding ways to win. Well, I was out um, out of state traveling and we had stopped at a gas station and I'm not a fan of the Broncos or Tebow but it was on the television in the gas station and you got people from all over uh different walks and strikes everybody stopped and was watching the end of this game and it was like time had froze in that gas station and I remember getting up the next day of course they did they he pulled off some other kind of big victory and everybody just kind of looked at each other and was shaking their head like, man, how does this keep happening? And then the next day, the newspaper had the big headlines, and it said, again, with like three exclamation points in bold. That was something uh, that, that really, I'll never forget, everybody sitting there watching that, um, that little run that Tebow went on in that series of games that they won. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And I am a Broncos fan, as many 
folks that listen to this program know, and I certainly remember that and remember somehow Denver beating Pittsburgh uh, in the playoffs that year. All right. I didn't even get to my list, and we got calls coming in, but we're out of time. We got Global Golf coming up. Ned and Barney are going to kill it, but let's make you smarter on the way out the door. How important is being a high seed in the NFL playoffs? Well, since 1990, the advent of the 12-team NFL playoff format, every single Super Bowl, all 18 of them, have featured at least one team that held a first-round bye. That's remarkable. Goliath does not fall apart. Home field means something. Keep that in mind as you watch Chiefs Chargers tomorrow night. We'll have it here on The Zone as well. Keep that in mind as the Rams lost to the Bears. It might go through New Orleans now. Yikes. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless. And good night. Global Golf Radio is next.